Would you like to read again the verse 12? Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. I tell you this because I love you. I'll give you this advice because I want to see your good. My mother used to say that. I tell you this because I love you. I'll give you advice, this advice, because I want to see your, your good. But as a teenager, a long time ago, we often think and we know that we think that we know more than our parents. My mother used to say those words either when she forbade, forbade me to do something I wanted to do or when she asked me to do something that I didn't like to do. So often, it didn't make sense for me when she asked me that. I thought in, my, in those moments, how could she say that she loves me? If she doesn't let me do what I want to do. Or what I, I don't want to do, she asked me to do. When we analyze the Christian life, we perceive, perceive a paradox. A paradox does not essentially mean a contradiction. There is a primary difference between a paradox and a contradiction. Contradiction. Contradiction means that our two statements are opposite, opposite to each other. A paradox is a statement that seems to, to con contradict or goes against itself, but may contain a fundamental or underlying truth when we examine it more closely. As Christians, when we anal analyze it closer, we can understand that these biblical affirmations harmonize from the moment that we are illuminated by the power of the Holy Spirit to understand the meaning of the things according to the will of God. Let me exemplify. Have you read when the Bible says that whoever would be first must be the last? Oh, the passage when the Bible says, whoever would save his life will lose it. Or when the Bible says that whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. In the human mind, those sentences are totally antagonist. I practice say this word during this day. Antagonistic contradictory, and are very difficult for them to understand. But today, as a Christians, we understand the meaning of these statements, right? However, these biblical con concepts are first spiritually discerned, 
Remember when Paul speaks in Corinthians, he said about the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are fully to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. In some matters related to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul even exemplifies that the message of Christ Jesus and him crucified, it is a stumbling block to Jews and foolish to Gentiles. But to us, it is the power of God. And Paul presents the three pieces of advice. The first, rejoice in hope. The nature of hope in this verse consists on the, of a present and future fact. The present fact is the confidence in the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. And the second is the certain that one day Jesus Christ will return. And the very word God states. So we look to the past and the future at the same time. We look to the past, thus confirming that we believe in Christ Jesus, die for our sins. But on the third day, he rose again. That truth gives us hope and confidence. And we also hope he will return one day. When he rose again, that was given in the historical, physical Proof of his resurrection. When Christ rose from the dead, thus demonstrating that the just of God was satisfied. Now we await the final return of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is essential, essential to nourish and rejoice in this hope. It is interesting to Observe that the Bible states that we are not only to rejoice, but also to rejoice in hope. Notice that this joy is linked to our hope in Jesus Christ. This hope that Paul presents in the letter to the Romans is the hope of eternal life and again the return of Jesus Christ. Hope that is closed with glory. We cannot lose sight, even though we are, may go through hard times and tribulation in this life. Because from the moment we do not rejoice in this hope, the struggles and the battles will press down on us. And we can falter and lose sight of who has called us it does not grasp the precious benefits of the Christian life because, because of our weakness and doubts. Do you remember the gospel of John chapter 16 when the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about his death and resurrection? Jesus said in John 16 that his disciples would weep and lament and the world will, would rejoice. 
the disciples would feel helpless and alone and cry because Jesus would be delivered to death. Nevertheless, the Lord Jesus says there will be a time when the world will be sorrowful and the sorrow of his disciples will turn into joy. The Bible says in John chapter 20 that the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord resurrected. When the Lord appeared resurrected after clarifying and teaching them, the disciples' souls were filled with joy. And they spread the word of the Lord with authority. The Bible says that the Gospel of Luke chapter 24 when they saw, the disciples saw Jesus was alive, they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. With joy because they knew that the Lord Jesus Christ had conquered death and was alive. When we think that we are alone, helpless, we will not rejoice as we should. But let me tell you this. I say to you that we can have confidence that Jesus is alive. Jesus conquered death. Jesus overcame sin. Jesus reigns. And we are living, we are living under the reign of Christ Jesus because the Holy Scriptures assure us that for us, even if we cannot see, we cannot touch. But we don't, we don't need to touch. We don't need to see. We need to believe. Trust in the Bible. Trust in the words of Jesus Christ, our Lord. He had risen from the dead. Our hope is in Christ Jesus. Remember when the disciples went, went to see the body of Jesus. They, when they got there, they saw an angel was there. And he spoke and said, why do you seek? The live among the dead. He's no longer here. Because he has risen. Risen or risen? Thank you. Don't worry about it. I mean, I'm still in process. No problem. Yes, Jesus is alive. For those who have already received eternal life. Awaiting the final consummation must be a reason for joy because our hope is steadfast. We can rejoice in the words of God when he said in this letter, chapter 5, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not, not only that, 
But we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. After all, only God is our true hope. Moreover, when we understand that, we glorify God in words and by present our, our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. The Bible says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where there is no hope, there will be no encouragement. Where there is no encouragement, there, is, there will be no joy. Our hope is powerful. The reason is that the one who gave us this promise is faithful. We cannot lose our primary focus, which is Christ Jesus. Where have we delighted? Who is our genuine hope in life or death? Do you remember the first question in Heidelberg Catechism? The question is, what is your only comfort in life and death? That I, the answer is that I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my, save, my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our hope. However, those hope in Jesus will also face tribulation in this life. That's why Paul declares, and the second point is, be patient in tribulation. It is interesting to point out when Paul wrote these words to the Christian living in Rome around 59 Anno Dominus, they were not suffering at that time. However, after receiving this letter, few years later, around 65 Anno Dominus, the Empire Nero began a persecution against Christians in Rome, killing many Christians. In a way, God was prepared then for what was to come. Paul's second exhortation calls us to be patient, but patient in tribulation. In our days, patient is one thing that we need to improve, right? Paul knows that the Christian life will be opposed to the values of this world. Therefore, afflictions and tribulations will be unavoidable, mainly because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus as it is written, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. 
I know that sometimes it is not easy to be patient despite struggles. Nevertheless, God has worked together with all things through the story of redemption because of, because of his faithfulness. Therefore, we can trust God during tribulation because everything that happens with us in this world is in the hands of the Lord God. What is the Bible says? Look at what the Bible says in Psalms 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard me crying. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the mirror bog, and set me set my feet up upon a rock, make my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. We need to be patient in the face of tribulation. Everything in this life, in this life, will one day come to end. It is like people say, all things must pass. The Bible states that it is not just that one day everything will end. But there is something better. Something so unique that nothing in this world can compare to the greatness to be revealed to God's people. Because it is written... For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy comparing with the glory to be revealed to us. That's why I first spoke about the paradox of the Christian life. When Christians go through difficult seasons, they praise the Lord. Oh, we should praise the Lord. As, as I said at the beginning... This seems crazy. For those unbelievers. Because they cannot understand. That we have hope. In the midst of affliction. We rejoice even in pain. In many circumstances. Because we have a living and genuine hope. When we cultivate joy during the tribulation. And they strength. Of the Lord, we will be patient. Christians who rejoice in hope also cultivate patience in the, in the suffering because they can see the ultimate hope as the Apostle Paul spoke. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. That doesn't mean that suffering, persecution, struggles, temptations, sorrow, illness, and battles in mind and soul do not make us cry and suffer. However, we confess that even though we suffer and cry, 
we find strength in Jesus' grace. And we say that we know that our Redeemer lives. And at the last, He will stand upon the earth. By God's grace, we can be able to speak those words as well. However, there are many brothers and sisters that they cannot say it because, because of their several struggles. So, let us be instrument of God to bless them. The, let bless them who are going through difficult time. Let us give them the word of encouragement. Be the one who brings God's consolation. Be the one who brings refill and comfort to those living in grief. The Bible says, when Apostle Paul was sharing his experience, he said in 2 Corinthians, for even when we came to into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted every turn, fighting with doubt and fear within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforts us by the come of titles. Be a titers and bless those who are have a difficult time. Beyond that, Paul presents the last advice of these spiritual exhortations, which is be constant in prayer. Paul reminds us how important it is for the Christian to persevere in prayer. Prayer is a vital part of the Christian life. Look at the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Being God, he lived a life of prayer. Prayer strengthens our souls and helps us, help us realize our dependence on God. In the Westminster Shorter Catechism, there are two questions which teach us what prayer is and tell us about prayer. Pray as a mean of grace. Let me read then the question 98 says, What is prayer? The answer is, Prayer is an offering up of our desiring to God for things agreeable to His will. In the name of Christ, with confession our sins and thankful acknowledge of His mercies. The question, the Shorter Catechism 80, 80, 88 says, What are the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicated to us the benefits of redemption? The answer, the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicated to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinance, especially the word, sacraments, and prayer. All which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. 
as means of grace, prayer is vitally important, important to the life of a child of God, a child of God. It is equally important, in fact, as the word read and preached, and then the administration of the sacraments. God works through prayer to shape and mold, mold, us, mold our desires and feed our faith. As a means of grace, prayer is one of the ways that Christ himself communicated the benefits of our redemption. We must face this reality. The one who does not pray is proud. We need to know and we need to understand how we need desperately seek the face of God and use the prayer as a meaning of grace. We need to understand that prayer is the place where we pour out our souls before God. Share with the Lord, use words. But, but much more than that, it is to surrender and rend our hearts before the Lord, our God. Someone used to say, some people say, was John Bunner or John Owen. I don't know exactly who said that, but someone said, in prayer, it's better to have a heart without words than words, words without a heart. However, much more than that, it is aware that we are before the face of the Lord. We live before the face of the Lord. Prayer means much more than having moments of prayer. It is the fact that we cultivate an intentional of ours being in prayer. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5:17, pray without ceasing. When we pray, we say that God is our strength. When we pray, we are saying God is our hope. When we pray, we are saying God is our joy. When we pray, thus we rest on his promises, which through Jesus Christ can be applied to us. How's your prayer life? Have we poured out our souls before God? Have we prayed to him? Never forget this, please. The rescue of men's souls prayed for you and for me. Jesus, when he, the Gospel of John chapter 17, he said, I do not ask for this only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. We believe in Jesus Christ. When Jesus prayed at that moment, we were there in that prayer. The focus. Because today we believe 
in the word of the Lord. Hear the biblical exhortation. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And be constant in prayer. For those who are called more than conquerors will rejoice in hope. Will be patient in tribulation. Will not give up praying. For they know the biblical truth that says. From of old no one has heard or perceived by ear. No eye has seen a God besides ear who acts for those who wait for him. I tell you this because I love you. I give you advice because I want to see your good. Today we hear the word of the Lord. We hear the advice that comes from the Lord God. For God in Christ Jesus loved you before the foundation of the world. Such love is more than any we may have experienced in this life. God's love for his people is infinitely more significant than any love. Even a father or mother's love for their son or daughter. If you have heard God spoke to you through the scriptures, it is because he loves you with everlasting love. If, and if you have heard advice from the Lord Jesus, it is because he wants what is good for your soul. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Help us. Help us, my Lord. Help us to be like here and follow your word in our days. And put your words in our hearts and help us until the end. That's my prayer. In the name of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.